Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 This episode is brought to you by Hostfully, a company that helps you make beautiful guidebooks for your listing. Make your own at hostfully.com slash pad. And as a special for Get Paid for Your Pad listeners, you'll get a free guidebook consultation after you make your guidebook. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. And today I have a very special guest. His name is Chris Reynolds, and he is the founder of The Entrepreneur House, which is a business accelerator. And he uses Airbnb to facilitate his accelerator program to hold events all over the world. So it's going to be a really interesting episode. Chris, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining me. Hey, Jasper. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's fun to be on the other side of the microphone. Uh, <laughs> just a few weeks ago, I was interviewed by Chris on his podcast, which is called The Entrepreneur House. I was I was introduced to you by a friend of mine, a common friend who also has been a guest on the show, Danny Flood, who runs a magazine, Open World Magazine. And he introduced me to Chris. I came on his podcast and then he told me how he had used Airbnb to facilitate his business accelerator program. And so I figured it'd be interesting to hear your story. So Chris, tell us about the Entrepreneur House. Well, the Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs. And we do retreats or events, you can call them both one and the same, uh, in different cities around the world for four weeks at a time. So we will have a group of entrepreneurs come to cities like Barcelona, Rio de Janeiro, Thai, uh, Chiang Mai, Thailand, and stay for four weeks where we live together and we do workshops, goal setting, uh, productivity, exercises. We have advisors come in and give seminars or uh, have a day where they come in and just give one-on-one -on -one sessions with the attendees of the Entrepreneur House. And um, we've done, I think, eight or nine now and currently building for one in Thailand later this fall. And they're just a really cool experience. What we noticed, Jasper, is that there was a lot of entrepreneurs that were out there and traveling the world, but doing it, you know, going from hostel to hostel or doing some co-living experience. And they weren't surrounded with other entrepreneurs. They would be around like start off digital nomads. They would be around like maybe some freelancers or people that worked just worked online for a company. And they really missed, they really longed for that belonging of, to be around other established entrepreneurs that could talk the talk and um, enjoy an incredible experience together. So that's where we created the Entrepreneur House into what it is today. Awesome. Well, it definitely sounds like something that uh, I should join. Yeah, I'd love to have you. <laughs> yeah, that'd be really fun. I've, I've done a, uh, a lot of uh, uh, similar type of things, 
but um, mm-hmm. never for that long though. I've done the DNX camps that yeah. uh, our common friend uh, Marcus Moyer organizes, and yeah. it's just always really fun to uh, to hang out with uh, you know like minded people. It, and there's a ton of stuff to be to learn from each other. I learn so much every time I go to an event, and uh, mm-hmm. you know because you can't figure everything out by yourself. You know, as Absolutely. as an online entrepreneur, you need to be skilled at so many different things you need to be aware of all these different types of technology the newest platforms that you could use to create content social media design i mean seo there's there's just so much that you need to be aware of and it's just impossible to do it by yourself yeah and that's one thing that's really makes it so powerful to be around entrepreneurs for an extended period of time like if you do have a question about seo and that's not your specialty there's three other people in the, the house that are great at it. And you can just walk over and knock on their door, or chat them a message, say, Hey, let's meet at the pool and, and talk SEO for a minute. If you, if you can spare some time. And you know, when you're having lunch, when you're going to dinner, when you're downhill mountain biking, when you're, when we're visiting temples in Thailand, we're having masterminds because we're talking business. And it's, it's quite, incredible because the people that come are more productive than they are in their regular environment, whether it's back home in their office or hopping around the world, traveling and building their business. They come in and they see this this kind of synergy that exists among the group that everybody's really there to set goals and get things done, but also have an incredible cultural experience at the same time. And you, you see really their results catapult from that, that environment. Man, it's really inspiring. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, maybe I should organize a, a business accelerator for Airbnb hosts. It'd be really cool <laughs> to just idea. get her in some tropical place with, you know, with like 50 Airbnb hosts and check out each other's listings and, you know, share experiences and help e- help each other improve. That'd be really cool. Yeah, it's a great idea. It's a great. I'll idea. have to pick your brain at some point about how you organize <laughs> these things, but that okay. kind of is a uh, a bridge into the topic of this uh, episode. How do you organize these things? Well, you've used Airbnb to facilitate these events, right? So I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, so it, it's quite simple. You know, Airbnb is such an easy tool to use for the most part, and so for many of our houses, we've we've had to like use well we use the airbnb to find our accommodations but we'll get signups you know 10 days five days even the day of uh the start of our event and we're like oh crap net you know we got more people coming in where do we put them and so not only do we use it to find the accommodations in many places uh at the beginning but then at the last minute where we need to find a place like rapidly we'll hop on airbnb and find something that fits our parameters you know it's a good quality everybody that comes to the entrepreneur house has their own individual room so there's one room per each person and then you know we'll just book it and yeah and so we can talk a little bit more into the tactics that we use, uh, the details, the negotiations that we use has proved to, to save us a lot of money. Yeah, for the most part, that's just how it is. You know, if when we came down, I'm in Rio de Janeiro now. And so when we came down here about this time last year, I had never been to Rio before. And I was coming in blindsided other than what I'd heard from my friends, you know, and people that had lived here. And so I hopped on Airbnb and I was like, I want a place near the beach in Copacabana. 
you know, so I just looked for something that fit in our budget and booked a room uh, or booked an apartment and we were solid. We had a good apartment for the group. Awesome. And so you've used Airbnb to provide accommodation to the people that sign up for your programs, but you've also been on the other side of the equation. You've also been hosting on Airbnb, correct? Yeah. So sometimes like Barcelona actually has this regulation where uh, if you rent on Airbnb, you have to do it for 30 days or more. And because of that, you know, short-term rentals on Airbnb are now uh, considered illegal in Barcelona. So we'll use Airbnb, but we'll book it for, you know, the amount of time that we need to. And sometimes those overlap. So we'll have the entrepreneur house for four weeks and one apartment we actually rented for five months when we were in Barcelona. And we we're like, oh, okay, now this apartment's empty. You know, these rooms are empty. What are we going to do? So we put it back on Airbnb and rented it, I guess you'd call it sublease, and rented it out to, you know, people that are coming in town for the weekend. And so we had a lot of cool groups. You know, people would come up from Madrid and they'd come and stay. We had this big apartment, like right in the center of the city, it was like five bedrooms. And they would stay and they were just having a, a college reunion. We had some women from Amsterdam that went to uni together and they just, they, you know, were married now and had kids, but every year they got together and came to Barcelona. And so we'd have cool groups come in and, and we would just book it out in the summertime in Barcelona, you know, the rates are really high and you can get a fair amount for the apartment. So we would make some money on top of that, of what we paid for it. And it was a good little deal that we worked out. Did you inform the landlords about putting these things on Airbnb? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. And and actually, I had one landlord come up to us and they saw it on Airbnb and we had a meeting about it and they understood kind of what we were doing. But uh, yeah. Because <laughs> you, you find these places on Airbnb, just, just for me to get this right. You find a place uh -huh. on Airbnb, you rent it for like five months. Uh -huh. And then you put it back on Airbnb for the time that you're not using it. Or would you yeah. stay, would you actually stay the apartment the whole time and you would rent out some of the rooms? Or both. Like uh, I did both. And so, so here's the deal. It's such an interesting city, Barcelona, how it plays out. So everybody rents short term on Airbnb because they can get so much money, even though you're not supposed to. And so it's just such a normal thing. And so what Airbnb does is just find, I think in 2015, they find Barcelona like 60,000 euros. And for Airbnb, that was nothing. It's a, it's an interesting concept. Like the times I've had to rent the apartments out on Airbnb is because usually we had an event planned and either it's overextending by just, you know, maybe a few days, maybe a week or so. And it's just sitting there empty or we had an event planned and we didn't get enough spaces filled. So we had to cancel that event. So we just put it on Airbnb and rented it out. That's pretty funny. So well, <laughs> how did you, how did you resolve that situation with the landlord when he found so, out? <laughs> yeah. So I was a bit worried about that. So I went into, it was a larger leasing company that I rented it from. And so I went in and they explained their situation to me, which I completely understood. And I, I explained my situation. I said, you know, I have this business accelerator. I, I rent it out or I have the people come and they stay for four weeks at a time. 
and I, uh, we had some spaces that just didn't fill up for the month. So we, um, we decided to see if we can recoup some of that money and rent it out on Airbnb. And so you could see this guy was an entrepreneur, right? This was the the boss of the leasing company. And so his wheels, the wheels started turning in his, in his mind. And he actually said, he goes, you know, you came in here and you were kind of a devil, but I think you just turned into an angel. But I, cause I think we can make a partnership and rent some apartments out to you for, for years to come. <laughs> and I was like, score, like, cause I was worried about going in there. You know, I was, I didn't know exactly what they were going to say or what they were going to do. Yeah. We started chatting things out and I said, you know, in Barcelona we have this event and, and we have people come, these entrepreneurs come every year and, and you know, the, the owner of the, the leasing agent company he said, wow, this is really cool. I like this. Yeah. So we, we chatted and he, and he gave me a list of listings for the next year, a good list of apartments that we could rent out for the following year. So it worked out to be a win-win. That's awesome. And so included in that deal is also that you can sublet some of the rooms that don't fill up. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, he actually changed our contract. So this happened about a month or so, maybe six weeks or so into the the lease. And he changed the contract to where it was actually legal for us to rent those on short term based on the business uh, and how it was set up. So it was great. <laughs> right. It's still yeah. illegal for, you know, because of the rules in, in Barcelona though, right? Is it? Yes. It's like, okay, so Barcelona is an interesting city. Like drinking on the street is illegal in Barcelona, but everybody does it. You can walk by the police, you know, during a festival or wherever and have a beer. Nobody says anything. Graffiti is illegal in Barcelona, but you see graffiti everywhere in the city. And and so Barcelona is just one of those cities. It's like maybe if we decide to enforce this. So another thing, um, pot lounges or marijuana lounges are illegal in Barcelona, but they're all over the city and they operate just fine. So it's one of those things like if Barcelona decides they're going to enforce it, there may be a lot of people that are in trouble, but it's kind of Spain and that's just their mentality. You know, we'll make it illegal, you know, and then if it comes to that day, we decide to enforce it. We probably won't ever come to that day, but if it comes to that day, uh, there may be some, uh, some fines that we can collect, a lot of fines that we collect, but we're just going to let things happen because, you know, just enjoy Spain and enjoy Barcelona. So that's the <laughs> mentality. <laughs> yeah. So that's how it is there. So that's one of the reasons why, you know, if you go to Barcelona, it's so easy to pop on Airbnb and find a weekend rental or a few days rental. Technically, under the law, it's uh, not legal, but it's one of those things that nobody, uh, very few people are, are worried about from my experience. Right. And is there a difference between renting out a entire home and a spare room? Yeah, I believe so. So you can, if you're living in the place and you renting out a spare room, I believe that's okay. I believe. And I don't think, I think what's technically illegal is renting out the entire space. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, that's the case in, uh, in a lot of the European cities, uh, you know, like Amsterdam, you're allowed to do 60 days for an entire home. London and Paris are 90 and 120. I forgot which one is which. But yeah, renting out the spare room if you if you live in the place, if you're there during the visit of the guest, is uh, is typically uh, pretty much allowed everywhere. I think. Yeah, and there, and there's a fine line, I think, or maybe I should say a gray area, even with that, 
because even sometimes they, you know, if you rent it out too much, if you rent that spare room out too much, then it can be considered illegal. So right. I think there's a percentage or something. Hosts, I can't emphasize how important it is to share recommendations of things to do or eat near your listing beforehand. Your guests won't have to go through TripAdvisor, Foursquare, or Yelp. They won't have to scratch their head and think about possible places right in the moment. I've been using Hostfully to create an online and printable guidebook to show my guests my favorite coffee places in Amsterdam. They use my recommendations and I'm getting fewer questions from my guests as a result. I've also included screenshots of my guidebook on my Airbnb listing as a way to differentiate my listing from others. So make your own guidebook at hostfully.com slash pad. So you've used Airbnb as a guest quite extensively. You've been, you've hosted on Airbnb in a quite a creative way, I would say. You're not yeah. definitely not the, you know, sort of the standard Airbnb host. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to hear your opinion on, you know, some of the, based on some of the experience that experiences that you've had, what's your view on, you know, how, how Airbnb hosts uh, should conduct their business? Like what, let's say somebody wants to start out on Airbnb and ask you for advice. What would be like the top three things that you would tell them? The first thing is, I think anybody would say is, is photos, 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 photos. And I don't know if this is in all cities, but I know in Barcelona, like Airbnb would come out and actually take photos for you. And so the pictures just, the better your pictures, the better bookings you're going to get, period. And take pictures, for gosh sakes, please take pictures of every single room that you plan on having the people use. Because um, there's just so many people that will, will take photos of like two bedrooms and not the third bedroom. And then you ask them, why aren't they taking a picture of the third bedroom? And there's there's generally a reason they don't they won't. Or maybe they consider that third bedroom, the couch that folds out or even just a big couch that people can sleep on. So have plenty of photos. And I found this to be true, very true when shopping for Airbnbs and leasing it out, that the apartments with a flat screen TV always seem to be much better quality than the ones that didn't have a flat screen TV. I've never rented an apartment off Airbnb that uh, had a flat screen TV that I was disappointed in. And there's been many that didn't have that, that flat screen TV that I've been disappointed in. So that's key. And then give like a good thorough description. Like don't just say, you know, it's like anything. The the, the better quality, uh, the more time and, and quality that you put into your listing, the better results you're going to get. And there's just so many people that just like throw up their apartment, throw some crappy pictures on there, say, oh yeah, it's located in this area of whatever city. And then they just leave it at that and expect it to get booked out and they expect it to get great reviews when they're just not really, you know, putting their, their heart into it. So it's, it's the time and effort it takes to put in like a good quality post or a good quality apartment up on Airbnb is so worth it. And it's just so essential. Absolutely. Yeah. I think those, those are very good points. You know, I wanted to go back to the meeting that you had with your landlord, because as I'm thinking about it more, <laughs> you know, this is, this is a really interesting topic because I know a lot of people are renting and then they're, you know, they're putting their spaces on Airbnb. And 
one of the questions that comes up the most is, you know, how do you deal with the landlord? Do you tell the landlord? What do you do if the landlord finds out? Mm-hmm. And so I would love to hear a little bit more about, you know, because in your situation, it turned out really well, right? The, the, basically, yeah. the landlord caught you and then you turn, you managed to turn it around and actually work together, which is, yeah. which is pretty, which is pretty amazing. So, you know, for the, for the people out there who are renting and who might be caught uh, in the future or who might even be thinking about, you know, stepping up to the landlord and just, you know, coming clear and, and explaining the situation and, and asking for, you know, to collaborate, like what would your advice be for those people? I think really, see, I, I went in there and I just wanted to be completely honest and not, you know, hide anything from the landlord and tell him my situation. Cause it was, I wouldn't say it's a situation of desperation, but it was a situation like, I'm just trying to recoup my money from this business I'm trying to run. And I would just be clear. And if you are going in to negotiate now, I know there's different landlords in different countries with different mentalities all around the world. What you want to create, you want the perfect end results for both you and the landlord. So you want to figure out a win-win scenario before you go in and negotiate and communicate with the landlord and say, okay, like, I know there's a way to do this where there's a win for you and it's a win for me. And maybe it's splitting the money that you guys create from renting out on Airbnb. And that's just really the best way to do it. If you're going to hide anything from your landlord, like one, it's going to stress you out because you're going to be worried about the landlord catching you and it's just going to add more stress and drama to your life. And so when you do talk to that person, you just want to be, I think, authentic and make sure that you have a win-win scenario. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. And I would say if it doesn't, like, first off, it's they control the property bottom line. I, I would say respect that because at the end, I think it's more important to not have the worry of possible legal issues if you don't respect their parameters and what their decision is. But I think if you can pitch it in a right way and you have the right landlord because they're renting it to you and as long as it's within the legal guidelines given, you know, there's some gray area in different cities around the world, as long as it's in the legal guidelines and everybody thinks it's a win, then then I think the landlord more often than not would probably make it a go. Right. So just to summarize Make sure you're honest. Don't ha- try to try to hide anything, and think about the position of the landlord. Put yourself in the shoes of the landlord, and think, mm-hmm. you know, how can I offer some value to the landlord? How can I make this appealing to the landlord? Because if you're just looking at your own situation, then you know, if, if there's nothing in it for the landlord, it's it's just kind of a liability to the landlord. So, you know, there's no real incentive for the landlord to to go ahead and uh, and agree with it. So I think that's a very important point, you know, figure out you know, how can you make it appealing to the landlord? How can you work together so that it's a win-win situation? And, you know, that's, I totally agree. That would be the best way to go. Before we get to the end of the show, I'm really interested in uh, in your entrepreneur house events. I know there's one mm-hmm. coming up in Thailand. Can you provide a, f- a few more details about what the event is about? And, you know, because there might be some people who are actually interested in this. 
Yeah, so this um, October and November, we have actually, it's just going to be our one event for this year. So it's the Entrepreneur House in Chiang Mai, and it runs October 26th to November 24th. And, and it, this event is for higher level entrepreneurs, so six and seven figure earners and annual revenue for their business. And what we do is we have a handful of advisors come in. Sometimes they come in for one day, sometimes they come in for the whole month, and they'll give workshops, presentations, one on one sessions, you have access to that advisor while they're there. And they're really powerful because usually the advisors have an income um, somewhere around half a million uh, with their business. So they're pretty, they're really established and pretty successful. And we have the advisors in different respects for business. So sometimes we'll have um, people that have software business, or sometimes we'll have an author, sometimes somebody who specializes in sales and marketing and all these different things. So you can get a balance in your business if you need to ask those questions. And we have, uh, we stay at this resort type place in th Northern Thailand in the mountains that has like a nice lap, infinity lap pool with an open air restaurant, a nice gym that opens up to the pool, a cafe, and we have a really good meeting space. Everybody that comes and stays, they have their own personal room with their own bathroom. There's no shared rooms. And um, you can get a studio hotel style room or you can get a one bedroom depending on what you prefer. And we're just right in the heart kind of, of the, the techie district of Chiang Mai where there's a lot of cafes, amazing food, and just a, a really good environment to be productive. And on the weekends, we do fun stuff like mountain biking, visit an elephant rescue camp, visit Thai temples and stuff like this. So it's an incredible experience. Awesome. That really sounds cool. Uh, I'm definitely going to look into it. Uh, so it starts October 26th. For those who are interested in finding out more about the event and also about your podcast, of course, they can go to theentrepreneurhouse.com. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. I really love what you're doing and hopefully I'll, I'll be able to be part of it in the future. And uh, it was great to hear about your uh, your experiences with Airbnb. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Jasper. I am very honored and I enjoyed the show. Thanks, man. Awesome. Well, for the listeners, thanks so much for listening. And of course, next week there's another interview. And every Thursday, there's also a news recap of the week. So make sure you don't miss it. And I'll see you next time. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.